0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gridiron Podcast, where we talk all things college football and NFL. My name is Braden Dorman, alongside me, Bryce Peterson. And we are sorry we missed last week. We're just kind of getting back into the flow of things back at our homes. I'm in Washington. Bryce is in Colorado. Uh, So we are glad to have you after that week hiatus. And we're excited to talk about the draft because it was a, a very fun Draft and we all we had a live stream on instagram where we went through the first 32 picks on the first night of the draft. Uh, Thank you to all the fans that tuned in and Gave their input uh, predictions and just a lot of fun conversation between us and the fans. So we thank you guys for tuning into that and participating. That being said, Bryce, how you doing You ready to go through this draft. Yeah, I'm excited. I
1: really enjoyed this draft. It was really interesting to me. I was listening to Mel Kuyper talk about this on ESPN the other day, and he was like, this is one of the most interesting drafts that I've seen in a long time, which I would agree. I thought it was a pretty interesting draft from rounds one all the way through round seven. So I'm interested to kind of see what your thoughts are on the draft and excited to talk about it today.
0: Yeah, it was pretty cool just to see different positions would start going and then they would really start going. you like. We saw the first round, a couple of receivers went in a row, a couple of quarterbacks went in a row, obviously the quarterback run at the beginning. Um, so, yes, it was a very interesting draft, and I'm glad we got to cover it this year. Already looking forward to next year. But let's get right into those first two picks. The two picks that we said were pretty much clear cut, unless something crazy happened. Trevor Lawrence is the new face of the Jaguars. Zach Wilson is going to be the quarterback for the New York Jets. You like him?
1: I do. Um, I thought that it was a no-brainer. I obviously assumed that this was going to be the situation. And I like what these, both these teams did throughout the first round and getting their quarterbacks right there at picks one and two is exactly what they needed to do to set up for the future and have a chance to have a good future. I think it's important that everybody recognizes that it may not be the quarterback of the future. They may not be the Patrick Mahomes, the Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Brees, coming out of the draft they might be bust but it's worth taking the risk on it at picks one and two to just see because of the talent that they've showed at the college level so i like what these both these teams did obviously we'll talk about the rest of their picks here in a couple minutes but i did like what they did what they did overall something i'll pop in here before we keep moving on Next-gen stats does an athleticism score for every college athlete that did a pro day. No team drafted more kids with an athleticism score of 75 or more than the Jets. The Jets picked six, Panthers picked five, Cowboys picked five, Broncos picked five, 49ers picked five. So it was really interesting to me to kind of see that stat and be like, yeah, the Jets went and took out some some athletic guys that are fast, strong, We'll see what they can do on the football field and with the football IQ piece of the game. But they definitely did have a good draft as far as getting athletic guys.
0: I think these are the two right picks for these two teams. I think Lawrence has a chance to be really good under Urban Meyer. I think Urban Meyer is just one of the better coaches out there. And I think he's going to have some success in the NFL. And I think they're starting to put the pieces around him to, you know, potentially have a bright future. Again, I don't think these two teams are going to be competing immediately but I think in a couple years there, there's a possibility Zach Wilson on the other hand I just need to see more and I, I do think there's a possibility that they turn things around with the new coach Robert Sela, uh, from the 49ers but if there is going to be a, a bust in this draft out of these first five guys I honestly think it might be Zach Wilson and it may not be ke- be because of the guy himself it might it's more than likely it to be because of the guys around him, but I don't know. I just think situation-wise he has the biggest chance to be the bust out of these first five guys. And I know that's kind of a bold prediction, but I mean, we've seen guys that go really, really early, like AKA the first five picks at the quarterback position. And they haven't had as much success as the guys that are going in the eight to 15 range. So Hopefully that turns around and hopefully these guys have success because I'm rooting for them. but I don't know. That's kind of what I was, have, have thought of the last week.
1: Yeah, I would hundred percent agree. I think it's really interesting because you look at Trey Lance and even Trey Lance, he's with a team that was supposed to pick back at uh, eight, 12, somewhere in that range, a team that has a roster around him that has weapons already. Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson is stepping into a roster that the weapons that he has are also rookies. He doesn't really have that many veteran weapons at New York. And so he's already being set up for failure. And so that's the thing that we see quarterbacks in picks roughly five or eight through 15 and 20 succeed because those teams already have weapons. They have a team built around them. They have a head coach that's been there for a year or two. Zach Wilson is stepping into a brand new team virtually zero weapons other than rookies so I think that's kind of a big piece for me I would 100% agree with your prediction I think Zach Wilson probably has the most potential for a bust just because Trey Lance is so well set up uh at the 49ers
0: and I will say before we move on to Trey Lance they the Jets are building a pretty viable young offensive line uh we'll get into their pick later where they got Elijah Vera Tucker and they also got um first round pick last year with their offensive lineman. So, you know what? They're they're trying to protect him. They're trying to build a good offense for the future. So, we'll see if it works out. All right. We'll go to three and four here. The 49ers take Trey Lance from North Dakota State. And then the Falcons take tight end Kyle Pitts from Florida. I like this pick for the Niners. I mean, obviously, I don't love the Niners. And I think this pick was probably the best option for him. I think it gives them the options to do just the craziest stuff with Kyle Shanahan's uh, play play calling. So I think Trey Lance has a chance to be really good, but I also think with his limited snaps in college, he has a chance to be potentially really bad. So I think he is actually the biggest boomer bust. I think that is just a little bit different from Wilson. I think he has the chance to be the biggest bust. I think Trey Lance has a chance to be the best out of these guys, but also – could just not work out so you know obviously as a Seahawks fan I'm hoping it's the latter which you should really root for for that to happen to somebody but I guess we'll see what happens in that NFC West and then Kyle Pitts I don't know if this pick made sense for the Falcons I think they may need to go uh maybe should have gone for a quarterback when they're available but this gives them a chance to maybe go for a wild card um because their offense is really good. They got Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Kyle Pitts.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. I think that the Trey Lance pick, I like it. I don't think I would have taken anybody else here. But we'll see if it creates issues, and we'll see what the Garoppolo situation is. I think this will be a team to watch here coming up in the first couple weeks of the season because they're either going to stick with Garoppolo or they're going to toss in Trey Lance, so – I think that'll be the interesting thing to watch. I do think that Trey Lance will sit for the first bit, but I do think it'll be interesting and they will be a team to watch. Kyle Pitts, pick at number four. I like it. I don't know necessarily why. I think they could have taken Justin Fields here and had their quarterback for the future, but I guess they like a guy in the next draft class more probably or at least think another guy in the next draft class has potential to be at Matt Ryan's. Successor. So they went and said, Hey, let's go get a weapon, see if we can't win this year. And if we can't, in the worst case, we get a blank quarterback next year. So I think that was probably the Falcons thought when taking this pick. And I think it was probably just, Hey, let's take best available. And Kyle Pitts was clearly best available.
0: They must be a plan on getting Gardner Mitchell. He must be the quarterback of the future for the Atlanta Falcons. Let's go, baby. All right. So you like to pick with Lance. Again, I think it was a, a better fit than Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is too much like Jimmy Garoppolo. And then I think, you know, Lance has that boom or bust over Fields. And I think just he has the p- potential to be better than Fields down the road. But I do like Fields. All right. At five, the Bengals took Jamar Chase instead of Pina Sewell. And at six, the Dolphins took Jalen Waddell, which was one of our first big surprises of that first round. Yeah, I think
1: it was actually quite interesting. I don't – I mean, Jamar Chase to the Bengals, I like it. I mean, you already know Joe Burrow has good chemistry with this guy. You know they'll be dangerous together. But if Joe Burrow's not standing on his feet, he's not going to make any throws. So I think that's my number one concern heading into the year is did the Bengals' offensive line suddenly train their butts off in the offseason and get a buttload of talent out of nowhere and just – suddenly be really good because I, I don't know why they wouldn't have gone pending school here. But, hey, lucky for the Lions. Um, moving on, the Jalen Waddle pick to the Dolphins. For me, this was a little high. I would have taken probably Devontae Smith over Jalen Waddle. Um, but I like the pick. You're putting them back with Tua. So we'll see what that ends up doing for them. I think Tua does need more weapons. He's going to need them, especially down the stretch in close games. So I think it's a good, smart pick. I don't know that I would have necessarily wanted them to take Pene Sewell here, but I don't think it would have hurt them too. And then at seven, like you said, Pene Sewell drops the Lions, and it was really funny because you looked at the Lions draft room and they're all jumping around for joy and screaming and hooping and hollering because they all were shocked that he dropped all the way to seven. Honestly, I would too. I mean, this guy's a top three talent in any other year. And he drops all the way down to pick seven. They didn't have to trade up for him. They didn't have to do anything. He just fell right into their laps. He'll be a good protector for Jared Goff. Um, so I like the pick. Lions
0: could not have expected to get Sewell in this first round. And you know what? I don't know. The Lions, they're going to be a question mark going into next season. So I think it was good to just get a guy that hopefully could be their left or right tackle for the next 10 years. Um, and he could be, be a cornerstone in their future. Uh, Jamar Chase, you know what, I do like that. Kevin between between him and Joe Burrow, they were one of the best college football teams ever. And in that year, Burrow was a Heisman, and he was the wide receiver of the year. So there's a good chance they'll be really good together. That question mark, again, will be, can Burrow be protected? And especially in that AFC North, that is so tough with those great defenses.
1: Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you right there. So here's my question. It's a great thing, but if Joe once – once again, I say, if Joe Burrow's not standing, so do you think that Joe Burrow is going to be able to do some type of quick passes to get it to Jamar Chase? Because you watch the LSU team. He had a great offensive line at LSU. He was standing for five seconds in the pocket. He had all, all sorts of time, but he doesn't have that in Cincinnati. Do you think they can have the same success here that they had at LSU because LSU had a better offensive line?
0: I mean, it's the NFL. At, at the end of the day, there's, you're going to be facing really good D linemen, and it's going to be tough either way. Um, they did take Jackson Carmen in the second round, offensive tackle from Clemson. Obviously, it's not P.A. Sewell, but they did address that offensive line position. Um, I think year two, he's just going to be a, a better quarterback anyways, and more weapons is going to chase the way uh, defenses are playing them. So, I mean, maybe they're going to have to rush less with more weapons out there they're gonna have uh Tyler Boyd they're gonna have T Higgins and now Jamar Chase who's arguably the best out of the three of them I mean the Bengals have a chance to have a really good offense it's just gonna be about yeah maybe getting the ball out a little bit quicker and uh you know hopefully that O line pans out yeah and one other fun fact that I want to toss in
1: here offensive players were taken with With each of the first seven picks in the draft, which is the latest a defender has gone, which would be pick eight, which is the later a defender has gone off the board since 1967. So, if that shows you anything about the NFL changing, I don't know what does.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Before we get into eight, I do want to say something about Jalen Waddle. I like Devontae Smith, too, and I think Devontae's going to be really good. I think... Waddle is so intriguing for the Dolphins because just of those, those small speed guys that have just absolutely terrorized the NFL the last year or two, he is pretty comparable to Tyree kill just with the speed he has. And the, you know, he can take fly sweeps. He can take screens. And he's also, as we've talked about, potentially going to be one of the better returners in football. I think he brings a lot to that Dolphins team. I think it's actually a pretty good fit. Do I think he should have gone at number six? I don't know, but I, I do think it's a good fit. All right, let's go into eight and nine where we get the first two cornerbacks. Number eight, JC Horn to the Panthers from court, from South Carolina and Alabama's cornerback, Pat Sertan goes to the Broncos at number nine.
1: Yeah, two really interesting picks. I thought the Panthers would definitely go offense here just based off of what they had been talking about all offseason season. But to take a corner there, I think it's great. It'll help Matt Rule's defense. It'll build the defensive side of the ball, which we talked about last year was one of their bigger issues. So I like the pick there. The Broncos pick at number nine was really interesting to me. A lot of people thought that it was going to be Justin Fields, but it ended up not being Justin Fields. It ended up being a corner. I don't know why they took a corner because they already have one of the best secondaries in the league. Um, but, I don't mind it. I think he's that good of a player that at nine, it's good value. And so you take him. And that's what the Broncos have done in the past is drafted for the best available guy. And I think he was the best available guy at that second. And so
0: I don't mind it. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. I mean, JC Horn was expected to be potentially the second or third corner to go off the board. And with them taking him at eight, Obviously, they were thinking we're probably going to take him here at eight no matter what because he's going to be available unless there was an offensive player they felt was going to drop that went before him. And a couple ideas I've had, maybe they thought Jalen Waddle would be there at eight and they thought they could could take him there. Maybe they thought Trey Lance was not going to get drafted by the Niners and he might drop all the way to eight and maybe that was going to be the quarterback they would go for. Obviously, neither of those things worked out and J.C. Horn was their guy. I really like J.C. Horn. I think he's going to be one of the more physical um, corners in the league and I think he's going to be or, or, I think he's going to have a good career in the NFL, especially with the Panthers. And then the Pats or yeah, I mean it, it is a little weird to go with the corner there, but he probably was one of the best players available. Um, the Bridgewater deal, I don't know if you want to talk about it, did kind of change things for the Broncos as they did trade for Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Yeah, so the Broncos traded for Teddy Bridgewater last week right before the draft, so you guys didn't really get a whole lot, or I guess two weeks ago right before the draft, so you guys didn't get a whole lot of content from us on that. But Teddy Bridgewater was traded to the Denver Broncos for a sixth-round pick. The Panthers will pay $7 million of Teddy Bridgewater's remaining $10 million on his deal, and the Broncos will pay him $3 million. So a very cheap quarterback for the Broncos. Headed into this year and we'll just see if that's their backup plan for Drew Locke, if Drew Locke is now going to be the backup, if there's going to be a quarterback competition. that will be interesting to watch. So that will be the thing to look out for come training camp and preseason. That these teams may end up have or the Broncos may end up having a quarterback competition. And it may be either between Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's never fun to not necessarily know who's going to be under center going into the season. And I think maybe they're like, we already have two guys that we're going to be battling together. We don't really want to throw a third guy in there and really stir things up. So getting a player at a different position maybe made more sense for them. And I, I think, you know, Drew Locke still has the potential to be a good quarterback in this league. And I still think Teddy Bridgewater is good for a couple more years. Um, and he's won with good teams, so we'll have to see what he does with the Denver Broncos team that is in a pretty tough division. So I like those two picks at 8-9 and nine with two quarterbacks. Let's just round out 10 before we get to the first trade of the draft uh, with the Eagles taking Devontae Smith. Actually, the Eagles were a part of the first trade of this draft as they traded up from 12-10, to 10, swapping picks with the Cowboys who went back to 12. Obviously, the Cowboys... We're hoping to get a quarterback there at 10. So they're like, all right, yes, we have to reassess here. And they moved back a couple spots. The Eagles do get Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. We really like him. He has a chance to be really good. Obviously, the quarterback situation in Philadelphia has been a little off and on in the last couple of years. So hopefully him and Jalen Hurts, ex teammates at Alabama, can figure things out and have some success. I like the pick. How about you, Bryce?
1: Yeah, i like to pick overall. I think it's going to be on Philadelphia to be able to keep him in motion and moving before the snap. I think that that will be the biggest issue because he is so light and so skinny for an NFL wide receiver that he's not going to be able to line up against press coverage. He's going to get blown off the line if they do that. So it will be on the Eagles to creatively use him in their offense. And picking a guy at 10 means you're willing to change that playbook up a little bit to get that guy success. And I think it will be a great weapon for Jalen Hurts as long as the Eagles do their job of making sure they can keep him in motion with the defender's hands off of him at the
0: line of scrimmage. Yeah, they just got to get the ball in his hands. We saw what he did with the ball in his hands uh, yards after the catch. The guy's really good. Absolutely a top 10 pick in my mind. And I think the Eagles got a steal there. Hopefully that pans out. Number 11, we get another trade as the Chicago Bears come flying up from pick 20. To swap with the Giants, Um, and they do actually give up a first round, a couple first rounders, obviously the 20th pick, and then next year's first rounder, and uh, they're going all in. They go get Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. They're saying this is the guy. We don't even need a first rounder next year because he's going to work out for us. Uh, Now Andy Dalton and Justin Fields are in the quarterback room. Maybe Dalton starts a little, couple weeks, and then Fields will take over. Do you think Fields is going to be the guy that turns things around for Chicago?
1: Maybe. I think this will also be another interesting team to watch come training camp in the preseason because Andy Dalton was told that he was the starter headed into the draft. So I think that will be the interesting thing to watch. I also think that both the Bears and the Giants benefited from this. I do think that Chicago probably won out of the two teams, but I think Justin Fields could be the quarterback of the future. We'll just have to see come... Week one, who's the starter? And like I've always said, I like it when teams tend to sit guys and let them learn because they tend to have more success that way. So I hope they let Andy Dalton play for a couple weeks at least. And the Bears don't have a whole lot of weapons either. So that would be my concern for Justin Field is lack of weapons, a decent offensive line, but he doesn't really have anybody to throw the ball to and in, if, in that nfc north he's going to get rocked if he tries to run the ball too much so i think that he will have to be smart about how much he runs the football and he needs to find a way to get the ball to alan robinson and to some of those bigger weapon guys even though they are few and far between in chicago
0: i think it was huge for chicago to get their qb of the future i did like what the bears did with their next two picks getting um tevin jenkins in that second round offensive tackle from oklahoma state who a lot of people thought was a first round uh talent and then they also got a another offensive tackle with their next pick so obviously they're you know really keen in on protecting him and hey we don't know what's going on with the packers and uh, you know you know me i'm always going to bring up the whole Aaron Rodgers situation if Rodgers leaves that leaves the door wide open for a team like the bears to potentially go after that the Packers for the division. And we could potentially see Justin Fields playing some playoff games next year. So if, if, if things work out in Chicago, um, this could be one of the bigger turning points in Chicago Bears history if Justin Fields really does work out for him. All right, pick 12. The Cowboys get Mike and Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. And at 13, the Chargers get offensive tackle Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Cowboys moved back, obviously thinking they're already in a corner. They end up with Parsons, who I think is one of the bigger talents in the draft. Obviously, he has some off-field issues, but we know the Cowboys, they don't have any, they don't have any problems with off-field issues.
1: Yeah, I, I like the pick here at 12. I think it's great value. I think that the Cowboys will have to figure out how to keep Micah Parsons out of trouble. But I do think it's a great pick for them. I liked Micah Parsons a lot. In our mock draft, I had him all the way up. I think it was like four or five or something like that. I like the kid a lot. He's very, very athletic, has one of the best athleticism scores by next-gen stats since like 2013 among all linebackers or something like that. So he's a great athlete. He finds the ball well. I love this kid. They're just going to have to find a way to keep him out of trouble. I think it's great value for them at 12. And then at 13 with the Chargers taking Rashawn Slater, I think the Chargers were probably jumping for joy at this one. I didn't think that return Slater was going to fall all the way down there. I definitely thought the Giants might might take him at 11. The Cowboys could have taken him at 12. I think there are a lot of different places that he could have gone before this, and he just happened to fall to them at 13. I think this is exactly what the Chargers were hoping for. It's a great situation for them, and I love this kid. He's big. He's strong. He blows
0: guys off the football, and he's a good kid overall. Yeah, we talked to Ramsey, Peyton Ramsey, the quarterback for Northwestern. He said he never played with him, but he knew he was legit. I I agree. Just watching a film of him. Rashawn Slater's going to be a really good offensive tackle in this league. And he's going to be the protector of Justin Herbert, rookie of the year, a guy I love that has the potential to be really, really good. So the Chargers got a great pick there. And then the Cowboys never failing to get that flashy guy. Parsons was just – just the flashy guy um, sitting there for them at 12. And I think he has a chance to be really good for their defense. All right, at 14, the Jets are like, you know what? Let's go get some more picks. We already got Zach Wilson. Let's trade up to the 14th pick for the Vikings, sending the Vikings back to 23. And they get guard Elijah Vera Tucker from USC to further protect Zach Wilson in the future for the Jets.
1: Yeah, I like this pick. I've liked this kid since day one. I think that he's a great offensive lineman. I love taking offensive linemen here mid-first round. I think there's usually great value for offensive linemen there if there's the talent in that year's draft. So I like the draft here. I like that it will help Zach Wilson. It'll help the running game for when they are able to set that up. I think that the Jets just had a great draft overall. I mean, if you want me to give them a draft grade right now, I'd say they're in A to A minus range. They addressed all their needs. They had great value. They made great trades. They do still have some value at next year's draft. They didn't just draft away everything they had, like Chicago. They don't have great value at next year's draft now because of their trade. So I like what the Jets did. They kept their value where it was. They got some really great players. I really like Elijah Vera Tucker. I think he'll be very, very good in the NFL. And I think it'll help keep this offense two-dimensional because he will help their running game as well as their passing
0: game. Man, the Jets have a chance to build a really young and good offense. It's just going to be about year one. Can they be good year one? They got Elijah Moore and probably the best second-round pick of the year, in my opinion, uh, for wide receiver from Ole Miss, and then Michael Carter running back from North Carolina, who I think could be their guy if he can pan out in the fourth round, which was another steal. So the Jets have an offense that could really work out or it could just not work out at all. We're just going to have to see. Year one's going to be huge for him. And, uh, you know, you know, going back to that bust thing, it's up to year one. And I truly believe that. At pick 15, the New England Patriots take quarterback, Mack Jones from Alabama. Of course, of course Mack Jones drops to fifteen.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great situation for the Patriots. I think they knew once it got past, I honestly say the Broncos, they they knew they were safe because there were two great quarterbacks still on the board. They knew they were all good when it came to that. And so they were like, we don't even need to trade up. We can keep our trade value both in this year's draft and next year's draft. Be able to take Mac Jones who is who they wanted all along. And Mac Jones said this is who he wanted all along. He wanted to head to New England. So I think this is a great situation for both teams. Mac Jones is obviously super excited to go to New England. I think it'll be great. I think Cam Newton will still play this year, and Mac Jones will probably still sit for at least, I'd say, three to four weeks at minimum. I'd love to see him sit the entire season and play next year, continue to get his IQ up, get consistency, maybe be able to get his feet moving around a little bit more than they were I would love to see that happen, but I could see him moving in if Cam Newton starts to struggle around week five or six. So that will be the interesting thing definitely to watch. I loved this pick for
0: them. I thought it was great overall. Yeah, there are a couple of fun things I have thought about this pick. I think Mac Jones should sit out that whole first year just because we've seen so much success with guys sitting out that first full year. Obviously Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You let Cam Newton go out there Maybe he has a really good year, and you're still going with Mac Jones the next year. Maybe you get some trade back for Cam Newton. So I, I think this is a really good situation for the Patriots. They're probably not going to be looking to necessarily win their division this year, but I do like that. And then one more thing I'll say about this pick. I was like, man, the Patriots, they're going to take Jones at 15. Is somebody going to trade up right before him? And then the Jets traded up. I was like, why are the Jets traded up? I want somebody to trade up and take Mac Jones from him. I thought maybe the football team or somebody else was maybe going to go take him from out of nowhere, but the Jets ended up trading up and taking Elijah Barrett Tucker.
1: Uh, First, to clarify for everybody, Kim Newton is on a one-year contract, so it would just help him in next year's free agency. If he chose to continue playing, it would drive up his market a little bit. Patriots would get absolutely nothing from it because he'd be a free agent. Second off, this is a really interesting stat that I also found starting to get some more fun facts with Bryce back into the podcast. Um, Eight quarterbacks through the top three rounds were drafted this year. That's the most in the common draft era, AKA since 1967. So I think that's another really interesting thing. I think that obviously I love the pick for the Patriots and this year's draft was just something to watch. I thought it was really interesting. Moving into pick 16. The Arizona Cardinals took Zavin Collins, linebacker, Tulsa. I love this pick. And here's something, Here's another interesting thing. This is another athleticism score. No team drafted more players with an athleticism score over 90 than the, than the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals took Zavin Collins, who had an athleticism score of 94 at 16. Rondell Moore at pick 49 with a 92 athleticism score. Marco Wilson, who had a 99, yes, 99, highest possible athleticism score at 136. And then James Wiggins, who also had a 96 athleticism score at 243. So, watch out. The Cardinals took some more athletic guys. They took Isaiah Simmons last year in the draft, who's another super athletic guy, dynamic guy. So, we'll see if they can paint those dynamic guys into smart, ball-seeking football players, but I really loved the draft for the Arizona Cardinals. I think that they did a pretty good job. I'd give them a B, B- rating overall, but I really liked the pick at David, for David Collins there. I thought it was great value. Back there at 16, I think that he could have been a 10 to 15 range guy and so to take him at 16 is right about where he should have gone. So I liked the pick for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, we had a, a Cardinals fan by the name of Cal Garin on the Instagram live and he was like, who's this guy? Like, he, he kind of wanted some other guys. I don't know if Cardinal fans were initially happy with the pick, but I think it's probably growing on him because um, Aben Collins has a chance to be a beast for that defense. Hey, the Cardinals, they should be really good next year. It's just going to be about Cliff Kingsbury figuring out how to get some wins, figuring out how to get their team into the playoffs just because it's looked like they should make the playoffs last couple of years, and it just has not worked out for them. So... Can they get over that hump? We shall see. At pick 17, the Raiders took Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle from Alabama. That was surprising. And then at 18, uh, the Dolphins took Jalen Phillips, the end from Miami. So he will not be moving uh, very far.
1: Yeah, pick 17 was honestly my surprise of the draft. Alex Leatherwood was slated to be an early first round at best guy. And so to take him mid-first round was just shocking to me. I'm a huge fan of trading back for guys. And I don't know who Vegas thought was going to take Alex Leatherwood in that first round. But I have no idea why they didn't at least trade back to like pick 22, 23, somewhere in that range to take the guy. They wasted a high pick on a guy that I think is second round talent. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great kid. I think he's a great football player. But I just don't see the right the value here i think it was a major reach by the vegas organization i think this will be an interesting pick to watch
0: yeah i think we have to remember that and mayock mike mayock the gm for the raiders reminded us of reminded us of this the raiders don't care about the the professionals rankings of these things they have their own big board and obviously leatherwood was very high on their board Maybe that's different from what some other teams, but at the end of the day, they don't care. This was their guy, and I guess we'll just have to see if that works out for him. In our opinion, that was a reach, and may, it may not work out for him.
1: Yeah, and I think this is something that bothers me. I hated that Mayock quote, because I think that's partially ignorance on his part, is you should also be paying attention to what the experts are saying and what the teams are saying, because then you'll know if other teams are going to take a guy where you're sitting. You could gain draft value both in this year's draft and next year's draft by trading back, but instead you're going to take a guy at 17 that most teams weren't going to take until the early first second round. So I think that is slightly ignorance on Mayock's part, but he's old, he's stubborn, he's just like Gruden. They're both going to do what they want and not going to care about anybody else. So nothing's ever going to change. But I do think that was something really interesting. And honestly, I was like, if I was a Raiders fan, I'd be livid right now. So, anyway. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great point. Of-
0: if he's their guy, he's their guy. You can pick him. But don't no, pick him at 17 when you know nobody else is going to take him. Trade back and get some value out of that pick and have a better draft um, and take him at a pick that makes more sense. Um, so, I, I do like that point from you. And then Jalen Phillips going to the Dolphins. It's pretty cool. He gets to stay in the Miami area play for a team that he's probably been rooting for and watching. Um, and then he's the first edge guy to go off the board. And I think he has a chance to be really good for that Dolphins defense that was already pretty, pretty darn good last year.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a really interesting pick. I liked it overall. I like Jalen Phillips. I like the talent that he brings. I thought it was interesting that Miami went edge here with their second first-round pick. But I like the pick overall. I think Miami – did a good job of balancing the talent and what they needed as well as the best overall guy that was available at that moment for them. So I left Jalen Phillips, luckily for him, he's not going to have to move very far and I think he'll be happy there at Miami.
0: Yeah. And I, I really wanted the dolphins to take a running back. I know 18 may not be the, the, the right spot to take a running back. Things did not really work out for them because I think running back was one of their bigger needs and they didn't even draft one at all. So, um, we can talk about in that second round. They were one pick away from potentially getting Javante Williams, who uh, one of our fans, Justin Domasiewicz, has uh, commented many times saying Javante Williams was the best running back in the draft, which I think he's going to be really good. But the Broncos traded up and took him right before the Dolphins could have taken him. So then the Dolphins just elected not to take a running back. Again, I don't know if that was the plan for the Dolphins to go with Williams, but that could have uh Made this a very, very good draft for the Dolphins if they could have gotten him. Instead, the Broncos swooped in and got him. But I do think Phillips is going to be a really good edge rusher for the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad they didn't take a running back. I hate running backs that are taken early in the first round. Or get to the Pittsburgh Steelers pick. I didn't want them to take Najee Harris that early. I think they should have traded back a couple picks for him. So, just saying, I'm glad they didn't. And if they did, they should have traded back. So, Glad they didn't take a running back there because there's very rarely running back talent in a first round that works out because running backs just don't last that long in the NFL. We've talked about it, that running backs only last so many years. And that first round is for a lot of guys that are going to be franchise players, quarterbacks play for a long time. Offensive linemen usually play for longer than running backs do. Wide receivers are boomer bust guys that can make or break a franchise sometimes. And they play it for longer than running backs. Running backs is arguably one of the shortest played positions in the league, and so that's why I don't like them usually before pick twenty, at least if not pick twenty-five. I like teams to take them in the last couple of picks there in the first round if they're going to take a running back in the first round. So glad they didn't. Glad the Dolphins didn't take him right there. And if they did, they should have traded back.
0: All right, let's go through nineteen, 19 through twenty-two. The Washington football team takes linebacker Jamin Davis from Kentucky. The Giants, now sitting at 20, took Kadarius Toney, wide receiver from Florida. The Colts at 21 take Pay, the end from Michigan. And the Titans at 22 took Kalen Farley, quarterback from Virginia Tech.
1: Yeah, so I'll go ahead and tackle that Washington football team for Jamin Davis. You guys didn't really hear us talk about Jamin Davis, but I kind of discovered him the week of the draft and started watching his film. And man, do I love this kid. He has a great ability to find the football in traffic. He's a great linebacker, fast, athletic, can make the plays, hits hard, is able to rush the quarterback and plays from the inside linebacker position. I really, really like this kid, huge fan. I think this helps the Washington football team who, in our opinion, had one of the best, if not the best front sevens in the league last year. They're now building this front seven to be even better which I think is huge for this team.
0: Yeah, I think that helps them, you know, really – it gives them a really good chance to go back-to-back um, division titles in that NFC East with such a stingy defense. And then at 20, I really like Kadarius Tony for the Giants. Um, they traded back from 11. Obviously, they, they were hoping to get a receiver, and that didn't work out as the Eagles went up and took Devontae Smith. So they're like, you know what, let's get some value out of this pick. We still want to go receiver, but let's take Kadarius Toney at a better position at 20. And, hey, they honestly did what the Raiders didn't do. And I think it was a good pick. I think Kadarius Toney has a real big playability. And I think he's going to be a really good complement to Kenny Galladay. I think this Giants team, it's going to be between the Giants and the football team, in my opinion, in this NFC East, just with two really good defenses, but also – The Giants are starting to build a really good offense as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I love Kadarius Tony. We've talked about him a lot. He was Elijah's favorite guy from the senior bowl. I think it maybe was a slight reach by a few picks, but honestly, in realistic terms, I knew that this is where they had to take him because they weren't going to be able to trade back three more picks with the Vikings or the Titans or even the Colts, so I understand why they took him here. I think this is right around where he should be valued. I think it was smart by the Giants. They get a lot of draft capital now for next year's draft, and this year, and they had some for this year's draft to use, For while also getting probably their guy that they've wanted all along in wide receiver, Kadarius Tony. So I like this pick for the Giants. I, as I said, I love trading back to get more draft capital. You give yourself better chances to have good young guys to build your team. I like this pick a lot.
0: All right, 21 and 22. I liked the picks. I think mean, Quiddy Pay is gonna be a really good DN for the Colts. And then I think Kalen Farley will be really good for the for a defense of the Titans that really took a, a step backwards last year. Um hopefully Farley's uh, health concerns are you know out the door, and this was actually a really good value for him because if he's healthy, Farley's a guy that probably should have gotten in the top 15. So it's a good pick for the Titans. I think these are two teams that I thought may go re- go receiver, but they all just at the end of the day decided to go defense.
1: Yeah, and I think I watched the Colts behind the scenes deal of their draft day. They were all shocked that Quitty Pay was still sitting there at twenty one. So it was not even a thought to take Quitty Pay. As soon as they saw that he was still on the board, they said, "Yeah, get him on the phone right now." So I really like the Colts pick. I love Quitty Pay. I think he has some great potential, and he'll be good in Indianapolis that defense has been one of their strong points. And so to continue to keep that up and build that is really important for the Colts. And then Caleb Farley, I liked this kid a lot. Before he had, I remembered that he had some health concerns. He was maybe my favorite, if not top three, favorite corner in the draft. So I liked him a lot. I really think that he could be a great player. We'll see about his health concerns. I think he probably should be fine here in the future, but we'll just have to see. I think it could be a great potential trade for Titans. Moving on to pick 23, Christian Derrissaw, offensive tackle, Virginia Tech, Was taken by the Vikings. I like the pick overall. I like Christian Darrisaw, but I just don't know that they could make a better pick for where they were at. Rumors were that they wanted Justin Fields, and that's why they traded back. We'll just have to see where they ended up with Christian Derrissaw. I think that this could be an interesting pick.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy that they're thinking about getting Fields. Uh, at the end of the day, they're at 14. They couldn't have expected Fields to make it that far, but now it would have been pretty crazy if Justin Fields went to Minnesota. Getting an offensive tackle, that's great. At the end of the day, though, the Vikings need to figure out their defense because their defense was not very good last year. Um, and they did – with their second pick, they took Kellen Mond. So, obviously, they are a little worried about Kirk Cousins. Um and, you know, they're hoping to move on from Cousins at some point in the near future. Maybe Kellen Mond will be the guy for the future. But I don't think they addressed their their defense enough this offseason, and I don't think the it's going to really change too much because they have such a great offense. If they could have helped the defense out a little bit, um, I think they would have had a good chance to make a playoff run this year. Moving on, it's 24. There goes Najee Harris at, running back from Alabama, going to the Steelers. I think it's a good fit. I just feel like the Steelers have always been that downhill running team, smashing in the face, and Najee Harris is exactly that.
1: This is right where I like running backs to go. As I said, this is the earliest I like to see running backs go in the first round. I think this is right about where their value is. It doesn't really matter how good they are. So I like this pick, and then Travis Etienne drops at 25 right there, right behind him. I think it's back-to-back running backs, which was the story of the draft, is as soon as one guy goes, then it's a big run at that position. So I like the pick for the Steelers. I think that's one of the things that they needed. They still have no succession plan for Ben Roethlisberger unless Mason Rudolph is it. So that's my concern for the Steelers. Maybe they like a guy in next year's draft. We'll just have to see. But I did like the pick overall. And I liked the Jaguars pick pick overall too with Travis Etienne also at running. back.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the – uh Steelers deal quarterback they've I think they have Dwayne Haskins also maybe there but Haskins has not has not had a very good uh start to his NFL career as well um but again I like the fit with Najee Harris I was really surprised when Travis Etienne went to the to the Jaguars um now thinking out thinking about it a little more it's made a little bit more sense to me getting Etienne and Trevor Lawrence teammates at, at Clemson back together that made a little sense um Having a, a potential two-headed monster at running back with uh, James Robinson, who was a really good rookie running back last year for the Jaguars. I mean, maybe the Urban Myers, like, you know what, I've seen success with um, two-man running back systems, and we can have these two guys alongside Trevor Lawrence. And in the next five years, maybe they can go on a run. So the Jaguars are putting together a lot of firepower on their offense, and they'll have a chance to do something really good in the near future. At twenty-six. The Browns take cornerback Greg Newsom the second from Northwestern. The Baltimore Ravens take Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I like the pick for the Browns. We talked to Peyton. He thought Greg was a great player. He loved going against him in practice, made him a lot better. I like him overall. He has great ball skills. Will make this Browns defense even better. And I think the Browns needed this. I think they needed to continue to build up their roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball with as many pass rushing opportunities as they're going to have if you can cover guys to let those pass rushers get to the quarterback it will be very very dangerous for teams so I like that pick overall and then the Ravens pick of Richard Bateman at 27 I love this pick too I really like Rashad Bateman has a lot of different really good opportunities especially with the Ravens it gives Lamar Jackson another weapon to throw to We'll just see if that makes him a better quarterback or if it will be the same as last year where he struggles to throw the football in some games and then throws the lights out in others.
0: Yeah, these are two teams that are more than likely going to be battling it out for the AFC North. I loved both of these picks. I think the Browns are starting to put together one of the best rosters in football. I think they have the chance to make a deep run in the AFC. And then they also got Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa with the 20th pick in the second round. Obviously, we heard there may have been some health concerns, but that was a guy that we kept predicting to go in a, in a first-round pick and he just never went. So the fact that uh, Cleveland got both of them, their defense is going to be really good, and we already saw what their offense is capable of last year. Watch out for the Cleveland Browns, which is just crazy to think uh, that we were going to be saying this. And then the Ravens, I think it was a really good fit with Rashad Bateman. I know a lot of people have said, you know, Elijah Moore is a possibility there. You already have Marquise Brown. He's too much like Elijah Moore. Getting Bateman is more of a deep threat. I like the pick there. Yeah,
1: and going back to the Browns real quick, they already have two number one overall picks at defensive end. They both have have two edge rushers that are really, really good guys. So if Owosu Cuomo gets to sit behind those guys and learn, it would be a great situation for him. I think that would be a great idea for the Browns. And, yeah, like you said, I just liked what – the Ravens did here allows them to have some flexibility on the offensive side of the football.
0: And then we move in to 28 and 29. Honestly, these are two picks I did not take Keller. Obviously, you're not happy about 29, but we'll start with 28 with the Saints taking defensive end Peyton Turner from Houston. And then the Green Bay Packers not taking a receiver, but going cornerback Eric Stokes from Georgia.
1: Yeah, honestly, in my opinion, I think four of the last five picks were shocking to me. I didn't really see any of those guys going in the first round. I thought a lot of these guys were early second-round potential, and they all went late first round. So honestly, I think this is where the Raiders could have traded back to, roughly, even if they had to do a three-way trade with two different teams to get back here. I think this is roughly where they should have gone to take Leatherwood. But moving on from that, uh, Peyton Turner, honestly, I don't mind the pick. I think that the Saints always – try and have good BNs ends to be able to take that run game down on the edge as well as pass rush. I don't know that he was worth it. I think that it was a reach, but I think that that's kind of just where they ended up going. And then the Packers taking a corner. I was really mad at the moment of the draft. For those of you that were tuned in, I was very, very angry. And going back and looking at it now, I'm not super angry. I'm a little frustrated, but not super angry. We ended up getting, Another wide receiver later in the draft. I like Eric Stokes. This is a part of the team that's always been a problem for us. We've always had a bad defense. So to be able to improve that with that guy, I think is important. And then I'll kind of move into the whole Rodgers thing. So for those of you that didn't tune into our draft, Adam Schefter broke news on draft day, just a couple hours before the NFL draft, that Aaron Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay. And while it made all of us very sad, none of us were very shocked. And then I've gone through and I've researched this from different podcasts and different shows and ESPN and the athletic and all these different places. And now I'm realizing that this could have been complete. Yes. Aaron Rodgers is upset that it got out into the public to begin with. So he's upset that it's even in the public because he wasn't even sure that he wanted to leave Green Bay. I mean, yes, he was very frustrated because he probably knew who we were trying to take with with our first round pick. He wasn't like, I'm going to leave. And he wasn't telling Adam Schefter, hey, break this on draft day. Adam Schefter admitted the other day on a podcast that he didn't even have sources. It was just a buildup of what he's been hearing for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then suddenly decided on draft day, you know what? Why wait? Let's just break it right now when it's the worst time possible that you could ever do that. Sounds like a great idea, Adam Schefter. Jeez. So... That is kind of where I ended up with that. I think that the Roder situation will obviously need to be resolved. I think he's probably going to be here for another year in Green Bay. We'll see what the future holds outside of that. But that is kind of the update on all the Rodgers news for you guys as far as we have here. And we are recording this on Mother's Day, May 9th. So just so you guys are aware if something breaks after that. But before we release this on Thursday, we didn't know about it when we were recording this.
0: Happy Mother's Day, first of all. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I also heard that Rodgers maybe said, you pick me, I'll play if your GM is gone. Is that, is that true?
1: So that is another thing that people have said, and he has never really said that. Uh, I listen to the Pat McAfee show almost every day to try and get some NFL draft and NFL news in general. And A.J. Hawk is always on the show, and he's a former longtime Green Bay Packer, and he hung out with Rodgers uh, last weekend, or something like that, I don't remember exactly when, and he said Aaron Rodgers is definitely not going to retire, and he doesn't really want the GM gone, he just is frustrated with the GM, so people are saying that he wants the GM gone because of some leaked text messages, which could be completely made up, that he made fun of the GM, but I really think that he's just frustrated I don't think that any of that's really necessarily the full truth I think it's media twisting that
0: in your case I'm sure you're hoping it is uh it's all just a little crazy and out of proportion obviously that was the case for Russell Wilson um so maybe it just boil over just you know Rogers will be back in the green and yellow next year but hey you never know next couple of weeks maybe he's a Denver Bronco maybe he's a Las Vegas Raider, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I know a lot of NFC teams would love to see him, uh, you know, head out of the conference. Um, And it's pretty obvious that he's not going to be a 49er now, or do you think that's still a possibility?
1: No, I don't think that's a possibility at all now. I think Trey Lance is the quarterback of the future, and the 49ers have moved on from that possibility.
0: Going to the last three picks, at 30, the Buffalo Bills took DeAndre, Gregory Rousseau from Miami. The Baltimore Ravens took Odafe Away, outside linebacker from Penn State. And then the reigning champ, Buccaneers, took outside, outside linebacker Joe Tryon from Washington.
1: Yeah, and I'll keep my takes short on this one. Uh, love Gregory Rousseau. think he could be a great guy, especially in Buffalo. I think that he'll have success there, and that's what Buffalo needs to continue to build is that defense – They have a good defense already, but if they can build it more, they'd be able to stop the Chiefs a little bit more and be able to keep Josh Allen in football games. 31, Odafe Owe, I think it was a reach, but I love the guy overall. I think that he's a good player, and this is their return for trading away with the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. So I think it was a little bit of a reach, but I do like the guy overall. And then at 32, Joe Tryon. Like to get overall, once again, a little bit of a reach, but I can understand it when all of these guys are probably going in the first five to ten picks of the second round, and you're likely not going to be able to trade back into the second round, so you kind of just have to take them here. So I understand, but do think they were all a little bit of a reach here. Four of those last five, I think, were a little bit of a reach. The only one I don't think was a reach was Gregory Rousseau. One other fun fact about the Buccaneers. Tom Brady said on a podcast the other day, or maybe it was a show, that he would trade two Super Bowl rings for an undefeated season. So, totally pointless comment, but that was an interesting thing to toss into the podcast this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's always saying interesting things, right? You know, that there shouldn't be a, a number change on the jerseys. And then he's trying to – I mean, this is a – there's no way you're trading an undefeated season for two Super Bowl rings. Um, You're not going to tarnish your legacy of – Six Super Bowl rings. I mean, you know, there's no way he's gonna change that, change that up to four, and then I guess it would it would have been five five instead because it would have been the undefeated season. Um but yeah, I mean I guess that's an interesting thing to think about. because um, the Giants ruined, ruined a couple Super Bowl runs for those for those Patriots. Awesome.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really enjoyed this podcast. We guys hope you enjoyed it too. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, check us out on Instagram. Check out our Twitter. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and leave questions in that review box. We'll put them into our podcasts. Tag us in comments on Instagram with questions. We will continue to put those into our podcasts as much as we can. We We thank you guys for listening. We hope you have a great weekend and happy football.